welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from her... One second. Palatial new two-bedroom apartment in Chicago. Condo. (laughs) Two-bedroom condo in Chicago is Di Billick. Di, how are you? I'm fantastic. For real. Have you seen this place? It's great. It's great. I can see the beach from here. It's the beach. We live on the beach. Well, congratulations. Thank you. It's a lovely new spot, uh, and it's been a while since we've had you on. Last time, I believe last time we had you on, uh, you were a bit under the weather, so hopefully you are doing better this time. That was so long ago. I am doing better this time. Do you see that we're broadcasting from the game room? Yes, yeah. I see a PS4 over here. I see the Catan boxes over here, mm-hmm. so I'm feeling right at home, right in the spirit of things. Very good. Uh <laughs> I haven't had a PS4 in a really long time, so uh, what's the game with the, um, the you can play the Final Fantasy characters against one another? Oh, Dissidia. Dissidia. Getting that. Gonna get it. Gonna get it soon. Awesome. I'm gonna play it on the PS4. I mean, I just unpacked the PS4 yesterday, so uh, I'm excited to play PS4 exclusive games for the first time. Good. I have a lot that I want you to play. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Fantastic. Mm. Uh, wow. Excuse me. That's perfect. I'm a disgusting person. That's exactly the kind of tone we want for this podcast. Yay! <laughs> As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, Di, I think you were on one of the very earliest uh, renditions of this segment. We're going to be doing screen watching now. I was outside watching some dear frolic. You don't even care about the outside, do you? Screen watching! I was. We had a great time. We did. I can't wait to talk about it. We're going to be doing it again. We're going to be talking about Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. Adventure Time. Come on, grab your friends. We'll go to very distant lands. We'll take the dog and then The episode title is Card Wars, originally aired July 16th, 2012, season 4, episode 14. Mm. And this one, uh, it's a little bit of a cheat, because I guess technically they're not playing video games. It's like, it's walking the line. It's not a cheat because of the holographic nature of the game that they decided to do. I think. I think that counts as video in their world technically video game if it's a hologram and there are moving things that's all I'm saying okay Uh, I'm gonna take that I'm gonna run with that (laughs) so we're not cheating here yay the episode is titled Card Wars Uh, you've never watched Adventure Time before have you? never I actually didn't realize how old it was until you just said it was from 2012 this episode and that was season 6 you said? season 4 season 4 sorry Uh, yeah never watched it I love it Good, good. Especially being, um, I've worked on a couple of animated series pitches for networks, and uh, have a direct line to, in the in the works to do another pitch to Bento Box, the people who make make Bob's Burgers. So like, I should be watching things like this. I should be watching Adventure Time. I was like, okay, I'm strapping down. This is not going to be that funny. It's whatever. I absolutely loved this episode. And I had never seen Adventure Time before. I was like, nice. Because you're constantly thinking of formulas in writing. But I watched it and I'm like, damn, they did a great job with this. So uh, I loved it. I loved it. I'm glad to hear. Yeah, Adventure Time, 
was kind of at the forefront of a new movement in cartoons to like kind of uh, make them more for tweeners where like kids can enjoy it, but also like teens and even adults can mm-hmm. find some uh, relatable stuff in there. And they've been going, yeah, for over like 10 years now. I think like the last two episodes or four episodes are set to air sometime in the next few months. Oh, okay. They're just, uh, I think, wrapping it up. And it's on Cartoon Network, right? Yes. Do you watch it normally? I, uh, through perfectly legal means, watched uh, the first like four seasons or so. And then, uh, like, you can find the rest on Hulu. So right. I found some on Hulu. Okay. Should I watch it? Uh, I, I think you... I think you would like some of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, so from what I've heard, though not experienced, is it's a very good show to watch while high. Okay, well, <laughs> that's built into my life, so there we go. All the episodes are like 12 minutes long, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably watch every Adventure Time. Yeah, give it a, give it a look. I'm going to. Back to the specific one. In this specific episode, Jake is insistent that Finn plays a game with him <laughs> called Card Wars. Which is pretty much exactly like Magic the Gathering. It pretty much is. <laughs> like, they, they, they swap out their own uh, personal wording for some of the things. Like a, floop. Oh, yeah. Floop is really good. <laughs> floop is a great word for anything, really. That made me laugh out loud when he flooped his, when he flooped his uh, mana. When he flooped his <laughs> land. And his land was corn. Oh, my God, yeah. Amazing. It's got, got corn and volcanoes. <laughs> yes. And Finn. So, like, he's trying to get Finn to play it. Because I guess his his wife, Lady Rancorn, doesn't want to play with him anymore mm-hmm. for for some reason. We don't know why. We don't know why. Mm-hmm. And he takes you know magic takes a long time to explain. So he's explaining it to Finn, and Finn's just like, eh, I don't really get it. But let's start playing. He said it would take two hours to explain. It's also, a part that made me laugh out loud. That that's very accurate. Very accurate. How <laughs> magic is in general. Yes. But just it turns out surprisingly that Finn is a natural at the game. He's a natural. He's, he attributes that to logic, <laughs> which is perfect. Uh, good. And, and Jake has been like, he wants to be the cool guy, and then the loser will be the dweeb, mm-hmm. and the dweeb has to drink some really disgusting concoction <laughs> that Jake put together. But Finn is kicking his butt. Yeah, he's kicking his butt accidentally later, uh, but on purpose in the beginning. Yeah, so eventually uh, Jake, like Finn takes a break from like because Jake is getting really angry, and he finds Bimo, and Bimo explains like Jake's uh, backstory, so to speak. So Jake wouldn't Jake wouldn't talk with Bimo for an entire month because Bimo beat him the game. Very relatable. Very <laughs> Extremely relatable. relatable. <laughs> I mean, there was that month where we didn't speak. We didn't talk for a long time. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I. I'm sorry that I didn't talk to you after you beat me. I, I remember it every morning when I put my glass eye in. <laughs> so, then Finn tries to not... Finn tries to believably lose to Jake. Yes. Yeah, so he's trying, but failing to, like, take a dive. Yeah. And, like, kind of inadvertently, through somewhat through his own misunderstanding of the rules, like, actually winning more and more. Yes, which was hilarious because that has happened to me as a beginner playing Magic the Gathering years and years ago with my ex-husband. Yeah, I mean, I beat him and his brother at a family game of magic with a bunch of fucking script sprites. <laughs> <laughs> so, I accidentally won because they were playing with a blue deck, I was with a green deck, and, it, you know, he was all aggro with his red, and, like, yeah. 
One thing that I liked so much about uh, Jake's uh, uh, anger in this episode is like Jake is like such a demonstrative character, like with his shape shifting power. Like he can pretty much shape shift into anything. So right. like, you can see him like get angry, he swells up. He like he physically sits Finn down, and like you just because you've not seen any other episodes, Jake and Finn have a really strong bond of friendship. Like uh-huh. you, it's very clear that he's not going to hurt Finn actually, but right, like. He does have the strength and this control. He's like, no, you're going to play the game. <laughs> um, the situation of, like, have you ever played someone who's been so mad to lose? I've been that person, yeah. I haven't. I have never played a magic game where, like, the person was aggro. You get mad. Why? So, I mean, when you don't always have a lot of self-esteem. Yeah. And uh, you kind of conflate your self-esteem with this thing that you think you're good at. Right, right. And, uh, when you lose, it really can uh, challenge right. uh, your feelings of self-esteem and make you like, am I just a bad person now? That makes but, total sense. That makes total sense. And it makes me sad. The, both those things are fair. <laughs> I'm validating you, and now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um... Understandably so. Listen. <laughs> I know I've I know I've hit this before. Street Fighter 2, playing my brother, using Chun Li <laughs> button smashing, and my brother calling me a cheater and then punching me in the face. <laughs> That's as close as I've gotten to one of those situations. Like someone actually mad. But we were children, first of all. And secondly, I think it's okay to get mad when you lose a game. It's okay to get mad. It is. It's, uh, but there are certainly boundaries to how mad you can appropriately get. And if you cannot uh, follow those boundaries, you need to uh, seek ways to rechannel that energy. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Anyway, it was resolved because he lost. Yes. Because he sent his pig in to attack, trying to lose, and then, um, you know, he... He lost his pig because pigs can't get out of mud, which also made me laugh out loud because of the absurdity of pigs can't get out of mud. Come on. Pigs love mud. Also, you have a pig fighter. Also, like, I'm going to challenge that I would play that game for a number of reasons. A, it's hilarious. I want to fight with a pig. He sent his, uh, his monk into a cave to learn. It's so funny. Also, when you tap something on the board, it comes up in hologram form. That would be amazing. God. And then it plays out in front of you, and it already knows the rules. It's it's sensitive to the rules. So good. So I guess for the PS3, there was this thing called the IO Judgment. Mm -hmm. And you could, like, play that kind of style game where you had physical cards, but it would, like, computer-generate an image on the TV to go with them. Yes, please. I want that. I want that. But I also want it in hologram form. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. I'm sure with uh, like HoloLens and AR stuff, we're getting pretty close. Right. If we could do Pokemon Go, we could do like Yu-Gi-Oh! Go or something like that, <laughs> where it's like you point your phone and then it like, right. pops the dragon. That would be amazing. I would be in for that. Oh, I would. How would we even have lives after that? I barely have one as it is. I know, same. Uh, so the, in the end, uh, they're like Finn and Jake sort of reach an understanding. Like 
uh, Finn tricks Jake into drinking the, the grody cup of soda. And then they shared it, and it was a heartfelt moment in which I also laughed and went, this writer is brilliant, and he <laughs> knows how to write TV so well, and I need to sit down with him and talk, because I'm a piece of garbage. <laughs> talk about self-esteem. <clears throat> anyway, they drank the cup, and it was adorable. Yeah. Though Bimo <laughs> still didn't understand what was going on. Right. Just like, no, no. <laughs> Very good, very good, very good, uh, good pick, good pick. Thank you. So at this point now, we rate this episode on three different uh, criteria. Mm-hmm. We have accuracy, condescension, and entertainment. And they're just like with any uh, video game review site or magazine, they're all rated on a scale of 6 to 10. Mm-hmm. So for the accuracy, if you give it a 6, you don't think it was accurate to video games at all. Mm-hmm. And if you give it a 10, that's extremely accurate. I'm gonna give this one a ten for accuracy. Ten for accuracy. It's <laughs> just not not on the specific game, but on the on the details and the uh, the tiny like the like we said like it's going to take two hours to explain this. They were flipping their cards. They they made some. They validated my frustrations and my love for playing Magic the Gathering. Both of them <laughs> together. Because have you ever wanted to sit down and play magic with a new person who's never played magic, but then you just don't because it's just too much work? Yes. That's so much emotional labor on your part. What are you like? That you are sitting down and you are investing an entire day at the very least, if not longer. So that that spoke to the accuracy. That was a beautiful moment and a great laugh. Uh, also, I mean, accuracy as far as uh, the reflection of the real game? No. Still 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for me. You kind of recalibrated my thinking there. I was going to go with a 6. I'm going to bump it up to an 8. Because mm. I think like, the emotional response was yeah. so true to video game playing. <laughs> yes. But like the game itself is like so like far... I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh! aside, it's so unrealistic compared to... like. Sounded to me like uh, Settlers of Catan meets Magic the Gathering. Yeah. His mana was corn. True. And that's pretty close to Plains, which is like one of the magic land types. Yeah. And he sent his, he sent his pig into the cave. I'm sorry. It was more of an agricultural situation with, um, what was it called? What's their game called? Card Wars. Card Wars. It was an agricultural situation, which reminded me of Catan, hmm. um, which I have now said in two different ways, and I'm going for a third. Uh, cotton? <laughs> Settlers of cotton? Damn, you took it from me. Catane! <laughs> That's four. Uh, but then with magic, like, I don't know, it's, we can combine, we can combine games. All right, well. Anyway, continue. Uh, so then we have condescension. So if you score this a six you do not think it was condescending towards games at all. If you score a 10, then you think it was extremely condescending, like Big Bang Theory level. Oof. Um, so, I enjoyed what condescension there was. It made me realize that the writer plays Magic the Gathering and probably a lot of other games as well. Therefore, because I had a positive response, to the condescension, because he was also on our level. I, I, I'm seven. seven. I loved it. 
I loved the condescension because it wasn't coming from a place of it was coming from a place of a level playing field. The writer definitely knew too much to not be condescending to himself as well. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with you uh, with a seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like it was showing the behaviors of the kind of the worst kinds of card game players. Yeah. And so uh, I think that's fair, but it is still is condescending. Yeah. So I, I got to, you know, call a spade a spade and get a seven. <laughs> Wonderful. And then lastly, entertainment. Did you enjoy this? Six, you didn't. Ten, you did. Oh, so ten. Because A, I had pretty low hopes for Adventure Time as it was. Because I didn't really know what it was. And what how it had been explained to me was that it was a kid's show. And I could see that it's a kid's show. But it was so cute. And I was entertained the entire time. The episode was short enough to where I wasn't bored at all. And I was taken with it. And just so, I loved how they made fun of it. So yeah, ten all the way. I gotta go right with you at 10. Uh, I love this episode. I'm, I'm a fan of Adventure Time. Uh, I think now we have to try and get you on board with Adventure Time and Steven Universe. Steven Universe. Never watched. Uh, will. Will watch. 1010 will watch. Uh, great. Okay. That was easy. <laughs> I didn't say I would like it, but I don't, you know, you never know. So that concludes our screen watching segment. Hey, what's up? What's your plan? Holy cow. So I was inspired by my move. I looked at the PS4. I looked at all of my roommate's games. I mean, I wasn't going to start Overwatch. I wasn't going to do it. So I decided to play a game that has long been in my collection of games, but I have not played it for more than two minutes, and it was Lego The Hobbit. Oh. Yeah. Alright. Uh, I, I bought it and I sat down to, I bought it and it's brand new and I sat down to play it and I'm a big fan of the Lego games because they package, uh, they package the, I mean, it's, it's a movie that you play with Legos and their heads pop off and then you just, you respawn and it's just so fun. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's very, uh, it appeals to my kinesthetic love of Legos when I was a child. I'm not actually touching things, but you build things and you solve puzzles. It's a puzzle game. And uh, Lego The Hobbit, I played it for Xbox One. Uh, I played it for, I played it all weekend, pretty much. <laughs> so I played it at night and I played it in the morning in all of my spare time and I still only made it, I mean, I, I probably have been playing it for about five hours and I'm like, this is a child's game, but I should know better these days because like it's it's a long you have to unlock everything and just you know gain everything you can replay the levels so that you can unlock everything from the level you can purchase different characters uh, it's super fun and the hobbit being one of uh, well i mean you can say it's my favorite in the lord of the rings trilogy and not be even accurate but out of the lord of the rings story itself i've read the hobbit five or six times first time i read it i was in fifth grade it's always been one of my favorite stories, so when it became a movie, I, was, I watched the first one and I just didn't, I wasn't into it like I was the Lord of the Rings films, because I thought, you can't take, like, they, it's three films, right? Yeah. I just couldn't even watch the second or third, because I'm like, they're building up this, this is wrong. I mean, they, could, they just fabricated stuff entirely, right? They did, and I was not okay with it. It's, I don't know. 
they, they did a better job with the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I understand with budget and stuff, but they could have made, like, they didn't even mention Tom Bombadil in the first movie. That's where he belongs. Like, so, so very much belongs there. Yet, you're making the smallest, the smallest story, which is The Hobbit, into three films. I'm sorry, but it's not, it's not okay. So I was, so I had a bad taste in my mouth when I got the game, but I really liked it anyway because I got to play my characters from one of my favorite books, and yeah, it's super fun. Uh, also, the Lego trilogy or the Lego the Lego series, it's just for getting high and playing. <laughs> my favorite is Lego Indiana Jones One. I the replayability of that is through the roof. It's so fun. I mean, you're Indiana Jones. You solve puzzles. You have a wit. They've got so many of them now. There's like got to be one for every flavor of fandom out there that someone can find something they like. I have Lego Batman, Lego Harry Potter, all of them. <laughs> I have both the Indiana Jones, I have Lego Hobbit. I think I have more Legos and don't even real really realize it or remember. Just because they're so they're so fun. They're fun games. Um, yeah, it was super fun and it was a little. It's too easy. It's way too easy. But that if, I believe. Yeah. If you get stoned. You're like, this is so great. <laughs> well, yeah, like, the, the, one of the things I always liked is, like, you open the chest and all the pieces come flying out. So and fun. Like, come vacuuming into your guy. Exactly. You just go around smashing Legos. And you collect things. And then you collect money for smashing Legos. I'm sorry. It just, it should come with a Lego bomb. <laughs> and an adult only, of course. If you're yes. 7 to 10, No. But yeah. you would always, as a 7 to 10 year old, you would love this game. You keep the bomb behind the case, behind <laughs> the counter. They would know, you just disassemble the bomb, and then you just reassemble the Lego bomb. Or Perfect. What, what are the ways they, uh, they disguise it, like in a convenience store? It's like a flower vase? Yes. Yes, it includes the Lego flower vase. Exactly, it's perfect. Hey, I, sh I should unpack my bomb, by the way, because now this is the game room. And the game room is classy, as you can see, there's like... There are succulents and moth plants, and you know my magazine cover is about to be put on the wall. There, are, like, there's a big TV, of books. The bookshelf's gonna be in here. It's kind of gonna be like a library as well. No, I'm gonna put the bong out. It's a classy bong. It does look like a boss. Oh, good. It's okay. beautiful. Perfect. It's coming out. Thanks for inspiring me. I try. I try. <laughs> uh, I have not a lot to say about this game. It is. Uh, it feels. It's linear. But you can go back to the levels that you've already beat and try and unlock more things as you buy more characters. Hmm. Uh, you can become a master burglar and get enough, uh, I don't want to say gold, but it also is gold. But they're different, like, you know, the little tiny Lego pieces that you can get as currency? Yeah. They're different colors and they uh, represent different denominations. It was super fun. Can I play it sober? Maybe if I have the flu. <laughs> so we have, to, we have to go back a couple months. Yes. To, yes, all right. And try it then. <laughs> yes, correct. I hope I'm not going to get the flu again for a very, very long time. I hope so, too, for your sake. It was bad. It was very bad. Uh, that's what I've been playing. Usually I have a lot more to say, but I don't. Well, you've been busy lately, so have I been. understand. Have been. I mean, uh, just also random trivia. My dad owns... Two PlayStation 4 games for his PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. Lego Hobbit is one of them. Good. The other is Monopoly. Okay. I have Monopoly on my uh, Xbox One as well. It is so 
fun. <laughs> yeah? Only to play with other, it's only fun to play with other people. Not good to play high. I mean, do you, of course it's fun to play high. Really? It's also fun to play sober. Now see, I, I, I'm curious about that, because I feel like Monopoly has a lot of counting, a lot of like But keeping. it does it for you. Okay, That's fair enough. That's the whole point. So fair if you enough. have a physical edition, then it would probably be pretty difficult to keep track of while high. Now, if you have it on the screen, it keeps track of it for you. It's fantastic. I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as myself, uh, so I'm going to be talking about this week, Mario Tennis Aces. Uh, so that's a game that's set to come out pretty soon for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, but recently I've been playing the online demo. So I've been uh, featuring like multiplayer online. You can uh, pick from a small handful of characters. That was my question. <laughs> that was my number one question. What's this handful of characters? Is it Mario characters? It is. It's pretty much all Mario characters. Toad, Bowser, Peach, Luigi. Yeah, like you start out, you get Mario, uh, Mario, Wario, Yoshi, and Peach, and then you can unlock like uh, Bow Bowser. You can unlock Waluigi. You can unlock this guy Spike. He was the guy who like would spit the yep. metal spike ball in the air and catch it and swallow it. Mario three. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. That's fantastic. Yes. Are they wearing tennis gear? They are. Mario yes. is in very sporty tennis gear. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. They have, it's it's kind of dumb. They have like oh if you play the demo you can unlock Mario in his classic outfit for the regular game. No thanks. <laughs> no thanks. I want him in his tennis gear. Are you good? Mm-hmm. So did you ever play any of the other Mario Tennis games? No. So I mean, it plays a lot like tennis, of okay. course. But uh, one thing they're really amping up for this version, this game, is there's a lot more systems for like uh, special moves. Mm -hmm. So when you uh, when you hit the ball, you can uh, sometimes a star will pop up if there's like enough arc on it, mm -hmm. and you can get to the star and then charge up a shot and get a star shot. Mm. You can also do a zone shot where if you have a certain amount of meter, like everything you do builds up like a meter mm -hmm. that you are holding from every point. And you can do a zone shot where you can like aim an extra hot smash down at your opponent, like either where they are or where they're not. Mm -hmm. And then there's finally like a, an ultimate attack, an ultimate smash, I forget what it's exactly called. And that one, if you're, it like goes super fast. And also, if your opponent tries to hit and they don't hit it right, it will break their racket. Oh, wow. Which is weird because, like, your racket has HP. I love that. I love that. I, I, I find it a little weird, but, like, I, I was getting into it eventually, like, as I started to understand the systems. Because, like, you have the HP and then you only have two total rackets for this particular demo. Maybe okay. you'll have more in the final game. Right. But if you run out of rackets, you lose the match. It's kind of like a fighting like game. The, it's, it's like the, an added bonus instead of just being tennis. I love it. I like tennis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm impartial. Well, some excitement. There's modes for both. So there's a regular mode. Well, there's the standard mode, which is what's only available during the demo. And then in the full retail release, there will be a simple mode, which is mm -hmm. just like more generic tennis play. Right. But for now, it's all that. Like, there's the super meter, there's a different kinds of uh, attacks that you can, like, cancel them. Like, if you do a perfect block, then you won't take any damage to your racket. Oh, I like that, too. This mm -hmm. is all very complicated, which I like, because simple tennis seems like it might get a little boring. 
do you have, so you use, so as you know, I don't have a Switch yet, and we probably will be getting a Switch sometime around November, Ooh. around Black Friday times, uh, which I'm so excited about, because then we become a three-system home, <laughs> which is perfect, and the Switch becomes uh, the den, it's in the den, it's going to be the best, because that's the cable, that's the cable TV in the living room. Gotcha, gotcha. So we have the, <laughs> it's too much entertainment for two people, it's going to be perfect. Uh, this would be the switch room. I don't know if, because you do the moves and stuff, right? You can. So there's like a, there's a gyroscope in the switch, of course, and mm -hmm. you can like, when you're doing like the special shots, you like aim it around the court and you can use the analogs for that, or you can move your switch to target. Wow. Yeah. Do you like that? What mode do you like better? I'm a fuddy-duddy and I just like moving stuff around with the analogs and stuff. Right. But if you're less set in your ways, then you probably would enjoy the gyroscope. I'm so set in my ways, but also like it's, it's so entertaining to, to have that extra physical element, as I said earlier, being kinesthetic. Have a kinesthetic element to it and actually have to, you know, move. Sounds amazing. It's it's really cool. Very like cool. I, I think that they're putting a lot of effort into this release, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. There's like, I guess, going to be a single player mode with like RPG elements, which seems kind of cool. That sounds so cool. I'm already sold. Already sold. I'm looking forward to it. It's coming out in like a week or two. Good. Good stuff. And I did play one other demo. It's called Sushi Striker, The Way of Sushido. Yes, please. So it's it's super anime. Like, I think it's like a little bit tongue-in-cheek. Like, they're, just, they're aware of how anime it is. Okay. But you are a young uh, boy or girl, mm -hmm. and you are trying to find all the sushi in the world, basically, because in your kingdom, sushi is forbidden. You can't, you're not even supposed to look at sushi. It's adorable. It's adorable. We're teaching, like, teaching the young children about fascism. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, like a bunch of uh, muscly thugs show up and beat up the nice person who tries to introduce you to sushi, mm. and then it's up to you to kind of, like, that's where the demo is. Uh, you're trying to, like, go start rescue that dude who showed up. That sounds game. fantastic. It's it's pretty neat. the The gameplay is but also still high. <laughs> well, well, I mean, tell me how you feel about this. Okay. So you are, uh, you are. This is a very very Japanese setup. You have <laughs> a conveyor belt line where different plates of sushi are coming out, and the plates are different colors. Okay. And you want to match the different colors by like moving around the conveyor. And get the biggest combo you can. I love it. Then the plates get stacked <laughs> up in front of you, and then when you're ready, you can throw them at your opponent to deal damage. It sounds so chaotic. I love it. It is pretty chaotic. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on. There are different sushi powers. Like you, you can bring in three like little buddies with you, basically Pokemon. Right. And they have different powers that will interact with the different uh, like sushi trays and stuff. Mm -hmm. So is this a one-player game? I believe it is a two-player game. If it is a two-player game and it's that chaotic, I would imagine it becoming so fun. And just like so, I love those hectic chaos games where it's a two-player and you're trying to smash your opponent without button smashing and actually thinking about what you're doing. Two-player probably helps with that. I, I, I found it really hectic and chaotic. I wasn't sure about the strategy overall. Maybe if I played it more, I would have gotten more into that. It, it felt kind of like 
So you press A to like select a plate, and then you mm -hmm. use the analog to move around. Okay. Like, I kind of felt like if I just held down A and I kind of like spun the analog around uh, a bunch randomly, mm -hmm. then I'd pick up a bunch of plates, and I wasn't always like really tracking where I should be going or what plates I should be getting. So you don't get penalized, or you don't get um, your 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 A button doesn't release when you go to a wrong plate that doesn't match. Uh, no, no, it'll just it'll wait for a because the conveyors are all going different directions. It'll wait for another one to come into your range. Oh, so not that hard. Yeah, I mean sometimes you'll just get like two plates, okay. or sometimes you'll get twenty plates if you're like a little lucky or if you're looking for the right color to match. Mm -hmm. okay. But it felt like sometimes I could just kind of like grab a plate and just like go whatever direction and get a pretty good result from that. So I'm a little on the fence on that one. It's like going to be 50 bucks on the Switch. 50 bucks? That was kind of my reaction as well. 50 bucks felt pretty high. It sounds like a, it sounds like one of those games that you just randomly, what could, but 50 bucks for that seems, it's, it's, a, it's like a strategy game. No. Almost the world opens up to like a crazy detail, which I don't think it does. It doesn't sound like it does. I agree. Maybe if there was more depth there that I'm not aware of yet, mm -hmm. or maybe if the mechanics for the puzzle seemed a little deeper, mm -hmm. but my instinct is I'll be waiting till like the end of the year when it's like 30 or 20 bucks and right. I'll pick it up then. Oh, okay. So you are going to get it. I think I'll get it eventually. Okay. I, just, I just don't want to pay that much money right. for it. Right. Right. Understood. Anyway, sounds fun. Sounds very fun. Yeah. I but also not for $50. At least get the demo. You should at least get the demo. Check it out. Maybe you'll like it more than me. And you will buy it. I can't wait to get the Switch and download every demo and every game ever. Oh, yeah. But first, I want to get all those good PlayStation games. I honestly might start when you leave. So that's what we've been playing. We get into that. You know what it's time for. It is time for... What is it time for? Uh, it's for time for a minute. One minute. The minute! I'm ready! Bill's Magic Minute. What are you going to talk about? We're going to figure that out. Uh, so Here we go. I'm going to get my timer ready. Awesome. So for this uh, Bill's Magic Minute, I'm going to talk about Magic Gathering for one minute without any context, without any explanation to kind of uh, just get that all out of my system so I don't have to pollute the rest of the podcast with it. And by we, he means he. Yeah, it's it's pretty, I'm pretty selfish about I'm it. I'm going to let him go and I'm going to stare at this clock. Perfect. I wonder what you're going to talk about. Three, two, one, go. I did my last Team Sealed Limited event recently for Grand Prix Washington, D.C. Unfortunately, we ended up going 2-3 in the main event and then 2-1-2 two, two in the PTQ Sealed event the next day. Just felt like our decks, uh, you know, not to be too reductive, were not as powerful as they needed to be. In Dominaria Limited, there are lots of great uncommons that you can have that are multicolored and offer a lot of potential, but you still need those sweet, sweet rares and... On day one, we had the Mirari Conjecture, which was probably my highlight for the weekend. I got to play the Mirari Conjecture, and when the third chapter trigger occurred, I got to play two Divinations, and then a Cast Down and a Vicious Offering all in one turn, which was incredible. But other than that, we just didn't have the kind of power that I think most decks needed. I guess I did have a Siege Gang Commander on day two, to be fair, but that still wasn't enough. A lot of times it just died, and I didn't have any other powerful options behind that. <laughs> you lost, and I am sorry, but that was one minute. 
That's where we got to leave it. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Yay. So now we're going to go on to our final boss segment. Di, you and I are going to talk about one article from News Event or upcoming game that has uh, occurred within the recent past. Oh, yes. Gotta come up with a better way to phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> well, for now, that's all we have. Yes. E3 is coming up. For our last episode, we talked about uh, some PS4 possibilities. Now we're going to be talking about Nintendo Switch possibilities. Oh, We have what appears to be a legitimate source for a leak here. It looks like it was a photo taken of the number of kiosks that will be available for different Nintendo Switch games coming up at E3. Oh, yes. So, uh, a couple interesting ones here. I mean, obviously, Mario Tennis Aces, we already talked about that. That It's not surprising that they'll have that there. Uh, then we have... Save my favorite and most excited for last, please. Oh, we will. Okay. Uh, FIFA 19, Monster Hunter, uh, Paladins, which is kind of like an Overwatch mm -hmm. ripoff. Right. But then uh, I guess the bigger ones are Overcooked 2, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. I did not realize there was another Overcooked in the works. That, that's another fun couch co-op game. Right. Fortnite. I yes. mean, everyone... Everyone's been wanting this for a long time. Yeah, and like it's, I guess it makes sense. Like, hey, you can put Fortnite on a phone or an iPad. It makes sense. It would run on a Nintendo Switch reasonably well. Right. Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Which is a favorite of yours, right? Yes, I enjoy it. I'm curious to see how well it's going to perform on a Switch because part of what makes that game so great is the beautiful animation yes. and the, the lovely... Uh, Character models, I, I don't know how well that's going to be converted to a, a less powerful system than the PS4. Right. And uh, <laughs> there's a game here, Starlink. I don't know what no, that is. We don't know it. I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> and I think that was it. That was where the main ah! one was. Ah! Ah! Help me, I'm ah! dying. Ah, don't die. Don't die. Also. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's a game called Killer Queen Black. Killer Queen Black. Someone said in, in the article that it was a mysterious title, to which I said, Pusha! That is not mysterious at all, as Killer Queen, much like uh, our beloved Joust, but way better, has been a thing that we have been playing in a local arcade that is uh, right directly in between an equal distance of mine and Bill's apartment on Sheridan Road. <laughs> is that is that the, the high giving that sentence structure? <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Killer Queen. We are really familiar with Killer Queen already. Yes, we are familiar with Killer Queen. It is a, uh, I believe there are ten up to ten players yes. in this game. Uh, the, we have a cabinet in Uptown uh, at the Uptown Arcade, and we have a cabinet in uh, Logan Square. Correct? Yes. What is that place called again? Logan Hardware? Logan Arcade? Yes. Logan Arcade slash Logan Hardware. Uh, fantastic. Do you play? You've played a lot? I've played, played with me. i played with you. And I scream like an insane human being. I get so competitive with this game. Oh, I think you're pretty quiet when you play the game. <laughs> Killer Queen is so fun. It just, just reminding me of Joust. Joust is so fun. It's so... The mechanics of, um, you know I love the physics of games. Yeah. Killer Queen's physics are frustrating at first, and then they become 
the competitive edge of it. I love it so much. So we've recapped, I think we've talked about Killer we've Queen before. We've talked about Killer Queen before. Well, let's recap it because uh, yeah, yes. it sounds like a lot of people just don't know what this game is. So what are the uh, things you can do in Killer Queen? So in Killer Queen, you are supposed to kill the other team's queen, which spawns through a cycle of three eggs. Uh, you are a little guy. <laughs> you can develop uh, wings. First, you could you just jump on the platforms. You can collect. There, there are three ways to to uh, to get the. There are three ways to win. I'm sorry. Way number one: kill the other team's queen three times. Okay. You can do this uh, by being a queen of the other team. Of being a queen of your team, you can kill the other team's queen. You can do this by riding a snail <laughs> into the other team's what looks like a soccer goal. Yeah, basically you, a goal. Or yeah. you can, <laughs> or you can collect enough berries, which you can also use to buff your characters uh, to get wings or um, other things. Uh, to you get it into a hive. With 16 or so, I believe it is. I don't recall the exact number. 16, 18, something yeah, like you, that. You do like an agricultural victory. Yes, an agricultural victory where you put these berries inside of this hive. Not only is it adorable, it's extremely fun, but as a strategist, you have to speak, you have to communicate with your team on this side. You can win if the other team, if you're doing so well killing the other team's queen, you can still win by getting a fast enough buff and then grabbing the snail and bringing it into the other team's goal, uh, you can, if the other team doesn't see you with the agricultural victory collecting berries, you can win like that. Or you can win just simply by killing the other, the other queen three times. It's so fun. It's so competitive. Now I have a, I think there are some challenges they're going to have to overcome if they are bringing this game to the Switch. If they're bringing it to the Switch, is it, do you think it's, it has to be online multiplayer? See, I, you know, I would hope for that. I would really hope for that. I'm just, I'm not sure that that's what they're going to do. But that's all the, that's the whole fun of Killer Queen in the first place. I guess I imagined in my head, like, there are two different switches. Okay. In, like, handheld mode. Okay. And they're in the same room, and they're doing, like, local multiplayer across that, the different uh, switch consoles. Okay. Because that's kind of how it works in the arcade, is, like, they've got two different units there. Yes. Playing against each other. Yes. I mean, if they can do online multiplayer, I think that fixes a lot of the issues or the challenges I'm envisioning. For sure. Because I'm thinking, like, can they get five controllers working on one Switch at a time? Right. So when you have five on five, what do you do, like, four on four? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a great question. That's a great question. What if... Go ahead. No, sorry. No, go ahead. I'm just saying, maybe I'm just like overthinking this, and maybe it'll just be on a TV and you play online against other people. I was thinking, like, maybe it's meant to be more local, and then you have the two switches, and like the screens are kind of small for that. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Do you think. I don't even know. We're going to have to wait and see. There's so many questions about this. All I know is, personally, I'm in trouble if it's the Switch and it's as competitive because I will throw the Switch at the wall. In a scream. No, no, no. I was just saying, it's so fun. It gets so. This is the most competitive game I've ever played in my life. More so than Mario Kart. More so than it, like than any game than any two player game. I've never been so competitive with a video game than I am with Killer Queen. I'm gonna throw the switch. More so than video ball. 
Yes, by far. Okay. And this is you asking, so this is Bill asking me, and I have almost lost my voice and I've hurt my throat <laughs> playing video ball with Bill in one of Bill's game nights. It's just so fun. It gets so screamy. Yes, more than video ball. You should hear me at Uptown Arcade. You could hear me from outside. It's, it's so embarrassing. I can't control myself. I love it so much. I have so much fun yelling and like, just like booyahing to the other side of the Killer Queen cabinet. So much fun. I'm dying with excitement for this. This is great. Yeah, I mean, there are Killer Queen leagues there here are. in Chicago. And they're this is so competitive. I think they're catching on like around in the other cities, right? I've heard there are like other cabinets here and there. There's like one in Seattle, one in San Francisco, but I, I think it's still a pretty small time operation. Okay, okay. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we know the mystery. Yeah. It's still so mysterious how they're going to adapt it to the Switch though. It feels pretty privileged to be like <laughs> in a very small way to like yes. have this inside knowledge like, oh, if you only knew how good this game is. Exactly. I mean, should I? Get a killer queen cabinet. <laughs> that sounds extreme for the, for the den. Or should I just buy a switch? You should buy a switch. Stay tuned for the answer. Because you need two. You need two cabinets, basically. Well, no, you need one because you have one side and then you have the other side. Oh, I'm thinking like that's two different. I guess the cabinet, you think of it all as like one. Correct. Okay. Yes, it's yeah. one. You need to get a switch. <laughs> I should get a switch. Problem solved. It would still be cheaper to get two switches and all the extra Joy-Cons, I'm guessing, than getting a cabinet. Probably. I love it. Oh, God. Well, uh, I think that's all we had to talk about with regards to that leak. That's all she wrote, I think. Uh, so it, we may not have a chance to talk again before the uh, E3 occurs. Yes. Is there anything you're hoping to see or looking forward to seeing at the event? Absolutely not. Okay, great. Here's why. Why? I'm so behind right now. I'm so behind. I'm going to spend the next six months getting caught up. The moving and the sickness and all the things that have happened in my life have put, I haven't played games at all. I played Lego The Hobbit because I had to play a game and I had an unopened game. Bill, I still have one other unopened game and I am dying of shame. I haven't played video games. Well, you, you know, nobody's perfect, I guess. I, I mean, we just try and put one foot in front of the other and do our best. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. Are you going to take my privilege away? Maybe. Shit. No, thank you so much for playing a video game uh, just for the sake of talking on this podcast. I Yay. do appreciate that a lot. Yay. Uh, we'll get you caught up in no time, I'm sure. We are going to be caught up so fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, though, Di, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where... If you want people to find you, where can they find you? DieBillick.com Okay. <laughs> and as for us, we can be reached by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review or download from SoundCloud, from Spreaker, from YouTube. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits. We are on Wednesdays and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central, normally playing Magic the Gathering online, but I try and mix in some other stuff uh, when I can. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Link Collective, 
For other quality podcasts, support independent art. The spirit of Dale compels you. The bagpipes? It's very soft, very soft. You can hear them off in the distance. And scene. <laughs>